Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple truths of the vessels God uses. Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has appointed. All the men who have been used by God were those who were appointed. God appointed Moses, Joshua, David, and many, many others. And yet God still desires to do that today, to be his mouthpiece. He's just looking to see who will yield to him. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. With a name meaning the one who God has appointed, you might guess that the nature of what he had to prophesy was in fact an urgent message to the people of God. But as Pastor Xavier points out in today's Simple Truths character study, Jeremiah's task was to offer up the mixed bag, I've got good news and bad news, presentation. But in the end, God is sufficient to accomplish His purpose in both the message and the messenger. The prophet Jeremiah exercises his ministry about 50 years after Isaiah closes his own prophetic ministry. As you know, Jeremiah is one of the um, major prophets. You have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet due to the fact that his heart hurt for his people and that his heart was also sold out to God. That brings a lot of pain. When you love someone and you know they're not walking with God and you love God, you know you can't compromise and it brings tension and pain. Sidlow Baxter says this, The man himself is a rich subject for study. He blends his character to a degree of striking fineness, feminine tenderness with masculine strength, nervous sensitivity, sensitiveness with transparent simplicity, so that his nature reveals its reactions to outside goings-on as sharply as the limpid waters of alpine lakes reflected every mood of the changeable skies above them. I know of no man who reveals a truer heart likeness to Jesus himself than does Jeremiah. In his suffering sympathy both with God and man, in his unretaliation forbearance, his yearning concern for his fellows, his guilelessness of motive, his humility, his willingness for self-sacrifice, and his utter faithfulness even to the point of unsparing severity and denunciation. What we want to do is look at three things regarding Jeremiah. The man Jeremiah, the call of Jeremiah, and the ministry of Jeremiah. The man Jeremiah his name is fitting and appropriate. Jeremiah means whom Jehovah has appointed. The idea being of elevated by God's appointment. The root word means to be high. Jeremiah, like all the men who have been used by God, were those who were appointed to a set task. 
This is not some ordinary calling. This is a call from God, as we will see. He's appointed by God. God appointed Moses, Joshua, David, and many, many others. God anointed these men for a task. Remember, Holy Avon, Abihu, he anointed them for the workmanship of, of, of the metals and the woods and all the craftsmanship of the tabernacle. God guided and directed them in their appointed works so that they would understand in themselves when they were able to perform that which they were called for, they would not be able to take any glory for themselves. That's one of the things that's so interesting about being called into ministry. That when God is doing all the work, you realize that you can't take any of the glory. Now, the danger is, is when you lose sight that you can't take the glory. And when man does, then God starts removing himself. Because he contaminates the glory of God. It's easy to do, but everybody knows when they begin that it's God who's doing the work. The problem so often is that the appointment of men is by men or by themselves. No man appoints himself to the work of God. Now I know that men do and they have, but it's a work of man under the name of God. It is called the Church of Jesus Christ, while really it's a corporation or organization of well-organized, intelligent men who function under the name of God by corporate principles rather than the scriptures and the principles of scripture. And man can do some amazing things. Man can look at all the modern technology things and get into these church growth things and get their church by a freeway so it's nice and visible and, and make sure you have good, comfortable parking for the people and make sure that you go through all these lists and everything else. And you can produce, you can attract, you can pull in people pretty good. But there's only one problem. Now they're your people. Now it's your church. And whatever you have to strive to attain, now you have to strive to maintain. I guess pretty tiresome. They're people pleasers. So many things are so contrary to Scripture. You know the Lord appointed 12 in Mark 3.14. The Lord appointed Paul to be a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. 2 Timothy 1.11 says... He appoints here Jeremiah. There's no way that a man or a woman can know the will of God unless God reveals it. The will of God in the Old Testament was communicated by God to man, which would be in accord with the word they already possessed. If all they had was the law, then the following revelation would not contradict the law because the Old Testament was progressive, right? And so they always compared to what they had. The will of God is now found in the Word of God. So if I believe God is speaking to me, first of all, I make sure that it's not contrary to the Word of God. Because if it is, then I know it's not God. And He will speak to me personally, and He'll confirm it by His Word. What His will would be. 
This was Jeremiah. God was speaking to him. He was going to lay out some things that were very fundamental regarding the things that we're talking about here. Now, notice the family of Jeremiah was of the priestly order. In chapter 1, the verse 1, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hekeliah, the priests who were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. His father was Hilkiah. He was of the normal priesthood, not the high priesthood order. The city of Anathoth was the place of residence of his father. And without doubt of Jeremiah also at the time of his calling. This was a priestly city. The one that King Solomon banished Abiathar to remember for his betrayal to David in 1 Kings 2, 27 He banished him there. That was in fulfillment of God's prophecy to Eli. And the judgment of his house that not one in his line would sit upon the priesthood. That was in fulfillment. Now this city today is modern day Ras el Karabeh, two miles northeast of Jerusalem. So now far from Jerusalem, God now is calling a man to a special task. And note it was in the area of the tribe of Benjamin. You see the Lord, He is God and He sovereignly uses whoever He wants for His purposes. He's not concerned with family heritage. He's not concerned with economic status. He's not concerned with social level of a person. He is simply looking for vessels and instruments. And I think that's where we miss it so often. We look to people who are being used and we think that, you know, we can't be used by them or they're something special. Well, they are special because they are fitted for that task by God. But so are you because no one can do what God's called you to do. I mean, you look at the parts of your body. Your finger can't be compared to a foot because a finger isn't meant to walk. So you can't really compare them, right? So it's always wrong to compare. Because we're not the same. We're not called to do the same thing. Now, the time of Jeremiah is important. The death of Asher Benipal in 631 B.C. signaled a revolt within the Assyrian Empire. Remember that Assyria had taken the northern kingdom in 722. This is around 626 now. In 626, the Chaldea, under Nabopolassar, declared its independence. And a period of conflict started. Chaldea is the Babylonian kingdom. Nabopolassar had pressed his campaign into Assyria. And shortly afterwards, the Medes, under Chiaxers, intervened. Then in 614 B.C., they captured Asher of Chaldean. And the Chaldeans arrived too late to aid the attack. And they forged an alliance with them and the allies. And they joined, they were joined by this guy's name, Amanmanda besieged Nineveh. And that's when it fell in 612. But remember, Nineveh had been warned by a prophet way before and spared, right? Jonah. Nineveh went back. Judgment fell upon Nineveh 6.12. Now do you think all these things register in the mind of Jeremiah is being called? He knows his history. He knows his prophets. 
And what's he going to be called to? We're going to see judgment. Why? Because the people did not listen to God. People walked away from God. People did, they turned away from the repentance. At the same time, Egypt under Sematicus, who reigned from 663 to 609 B.C., came to the support of the Assyrian army at Haran, but the city was taken in 610 B.C. So here you have a lot of seeming conflicts with all these empires, but yet God's in control. Look to our nation today. Look to our world today. God is in control, people. The following year, Pharaoh Necho, the successor of Sematicus, went to relieve the hard-pressed Assyrians at Megiddo, where he met Josiah. Remember, we studied him, the king of Judah, whom he put to death by arriving too late, though, to help the Assyrians. All these things are happening. Then in 605 B.C., the battle at Carchemish between Chaldeans, Babylon, and Egypt was settled as Nebuchadnezzar, son of Nabopolassar, won a decisive victory. You see, and it was the Babylonians that God was going to use. God's in control. But remember that Daniel would also prophesy about the kingdom of the Gentiles, the time of the Gentiles, when he would go into captivity. Daniel is already there by the time Ezekiel had gone in the second time in the beginning and God would reveal to him the head of gold, Babylon, the arms and, of, and shoulders of silver, Medo-Persia, the belly of brass, Greece, the legs of iron, Rome, the ten toes of iron and clay, the ten-nation confederacy in the last days. God's ready to set all this up. He's going to send his people into captivity. Remember that Babylon ruled till the rise of Cyrus half a century later. So, all these things are happening and the contemporaries of Jeremiah were Habakkuk. He was called to prophesy during Josiah's reign, probably towards the end, regarding the judgment of God upon Judah by Babylon. Remember, he says, Lord, tell me, what are you doing? And he tells him, he says, I can't believe. Why would you use a more wicked nation? See, I told you you wouldn't believe me. <laughs> but if you read the book of Habakkuk at the end, Habakkuk believes God is going to restore like he said he's going to restore, even though he doesn't see the fig tree bud or the vineyard blossom. He believes God for his word. Ezekiel was taken in a the second captivity, 586. So, though Jeremiah's ministry was earlier than Ezekiel's, it was also contemporary with Ezekiel's. Jeremiah's in Jerusalem, Ezekiel's over in Babylon. And we'll get into that more next time with the letters that are being sent by the false prophets back and forth. Amos, one of the minor prophets, and more particular, Hosea had prophesied to the northern kingdom. Certainly, Jeremiah was very aware and familiar with them. The northern kingdom hadn't gone already into captivity. And now, it was going to be Judah. It's interesting that God is going to use Jeremiah as a key man for a key time. And yet God still desires to do that today to be his mouthpiece. He's just looking. 
to see who will yield to him. There's a key time that God is used, looking for people to use within a family. For one member to spark that family. Key times within a neighborhood. He's looking for that person. Key times within a city. He's looking for that man. Key times within a state. Key times within a nation. Key time within the world. It's got to be God's time, God's man, God's place. And God will ignite the work. It has to be God. No one else. We cannot be self-appointed. It's impossible. During the late 60s, while the hippie movement was in full swing, taking the country by storm, God was seeking out a man to use because nobody wanted to do anything with the hippies, the drug culture. One man opened his heart to God. And God used him to what has come to be known as the Jesus movement or the Jesus people. And that was Pastor Chuck Smith. Key man. The right man. For the right time. God did the work. And he continued to do it. If God should tarry, some of you may be used in a greater way than Pastor Chuck has ever been used. So you're to prepare yourself. You're to be open. This was the man Jeremiah. Now let's look at his call. The call of Jeremiah is found in chapter 1. First of all, in chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, the call of Jeremiah came to him in the days of Josiah. Mark that well. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah in the 13th year of Josiah's reign. The king of Judah tells us in verse 2. The date is confirmed once again by Jeremiah as he spoke to the people of Judah, reminding them that for 23 years the word of the Lord had come to him, but they had not listened. And you find that in Jeremiah 25, 3. Very important verse because it confirms the date. Notice that there also in verse 2 and 3, that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah through the reign of five kings of Judah altogether. Josiah, Jehoiahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiachin, and Zedekiah. Now, all these names are not listed here, only some of them. But because of um, the three-month reign on one, he's not mentioned. But those are the ones that whom he prophesied through. Now, the 13th year of Josiah is from 626 or 27 B.C. Till the 11th year of Zedekiah and the carrying away of the captives in the 5th month, which is 586. So a total of 46 years or so are being given to us here regarding the office of being a prophet of Jeremiah. A prophet, notice he says, to the nations, probably up to 50 plus years, as Jeremiah, as we'll see, was forced to go to Egypt after the captivity, and they left him in the land. The people asked him, what should we do? Seek the Lord. Whatever he says, we'll do. He says, okay, Lord says, just stay in the land. He said, now we're going to Egypt. And they took him to Egypt. So probably 50 plus years 
of being a prophet. Long time. The tradition tells us that Jeremiah was stoned at Egypt. We were not positive. Some say that. Maybe a reference in Hebrews 11. One of those who were stoned. Notice secondly here from verse 4 to 12. The call of Jeremiah was to be a prophet. Very specific. Verse 4 and 5. The word of the Lord came to me saying... Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you as a prophet to the nation. Notice the call is prefaced by the phrase, and it's repeated over and over again. The word of the Lord came to me, says. This is the word of the Lord, not the word of a man. The call was divine in verse 5. It's based on omniscience. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. It's based on sovereignty. Before you were born, I sanctified you. The word sanctified means to be set apart for God's purposes. And it's based on the purpose of God. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. His purposes, His plan. To be the mouthpiece of God and speak forth His word. The prophets were not always of the priestly family. It so happens that Jeremiah was, but not all of them were. You remember Hosea, he says, did I call myself a prophet? God called me a prophet. I was a fruit picker. I was a sheep herder. What are you getting mad at me for? <laughs> Jeremiah was. The prophets were usually called by God because the priesthood had corrupted itself. See, the priesthood, as long as it was being obedient to God, then everything would run pretty good. But when they corrupted themselves, then God had to call a prophet out to call them back to repentance. Now... You remember Paul the Apostle mentions this call. He says, but when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through His grace, Galatians 1.15. All these men had a clear understanding that God is bigger than their life. That He knew them beyond and before their life. And so it is with you and I. The New Testament says that we were predestined from the foundations of the world. How can that be? Well, we serve a big God. Keep that in mind when you have problems. Notice the response of Jeremiah in verse 6. He found himself stunned and overawed. Then said I, Oh Lord God. <laughs> He's overwhelmed. He considered himself inadequate. Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. He pointed to his unskilled speech. He pointed out his young age. It is believed that Jeremiah was about 20 years old. Some even believe in his late teens. 16, 17 years old. Did not Moses kind of give the similar excuses to God? And he was 80. <laughs> So it really doesn't matter how old we are, right? We always have the same excuse. And God told him, Moses, who made the mouth? Because he said, I, I, I stuttered, Lord. He says, hey, listen, who made the mouth? Who made the ear? Who made the eye? Do we have a problem between us or what? And so often we're looking to God's calling based upon our own adequacies. Paul says, who is sufficient for these things, meaning the ministry? Only God. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, is the simple truth of Philippians 4.13 that provides the assurance that it's God 
that enables us to fulfill his calling. Pastor Xavier Reese pausing in our message for today. And there's much more to this Simple Truths character study to come next time. But if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, as always, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title you want to ask for is simply Jeremiah Part 1. It's available on CD for just $4. And this might be a study you'd like to pass on to someone in your church or Bible study when you're through. Now, once again, the title to ask for is Jeremiah Part 1, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more on the broken-hearted prophet Jeremiah when we gather for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 